You may be thinking, I don't like exercise. I don't like healthy eating. I can't stick to it when I try. Well, believe me, I know that thought so well. I'm not a person with a natural inclination toward healthy eating or exercising. In fact, I really hated eating all the foods I was always reading I was supposed to eat, I should be eating, and I really, really couldn't stand exercising. So how did this health habit hater change? Well, stay tuned. Welcome to the True Food Freedom and Faith Podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Sharko, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and biblical counselor, here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ. Yep, I'm talking to you who struggle with restrictive food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating, and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on like I did and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. Hello, sisters, and welcome back. So yeah, I am absolutely not, not a natural health nut type person. It's so far from my nature. I understand hating dieting and hating exercising because I too had a lot of reluctance about adopting health behaviors. So I thought I'd chat about that today, just so you know, you are not alone and there is absolutely hope. Then I'd like to discuss the path that I believe is essential for all of us who struggle with adopting health behaviors and therefore fall into this crash dieting trap as a substitute. Now, let me say, if I can, by God's grace, experience such a heart, mind, and body change, so can you. And it's not by forcing horrible eating patterns on yourself that you hate. It's really about recognizing what's going on at a deeper level and gaining different priorities and perspectives, which can lead you towards food freedom and ultimately a new health habit-filled life. Yes, it can, believe me. One that, believe it or not, you can even enjoy. So these deeper level issues that I mentioned, what they are are the motives, the desires, the dissatisfaction in our hearts. They're the holes that we feel and we just want to fill with something. And as far as those different priorities and perspectives I mentioned, well, they don't come to you by getting new restrictive rules or new plans. They only come by, I know this doesn't sound related, but it's true, they only come by truly grasping the whole gospel and how it continually applies in the life of a believer in your life. So to be very clear, be very, very clear here, I am not saying that being a Christian means God's going to cause you to eat healthfully and want to exercise and lose weight and have physical health. What I do mean is that disordered eating behaviors such as a preoccupation with thinness or weight loss or body size and appearance or that controlling need to be regimented in everything you eat, counting calories, counting macros, how much you exercise. Well, both are the same. It all comes from the same place. They all come from a heart that needs the conviction, comfort, and rest that the gospel brings. So let me take a step back. Let me take a step back and just use myself as an example, and tell you about my own story a little bit here. So let's look at that initial question I asked when I said, what if I don't like healthy eating or exercise? I won't stick to it. 
I think that's where my interest in nutrition first came from anyway. I really, I had no natural inclination toward eating healthfully or exercising. In fact, I really hated both of these. Um, For example, let's talk about eating. I actually used to use eating for like a happy fix to cover negative emotions or to escape. Now, of course, I'm not talking about eating fruits and vegetables and whole natural foods here. Of course, I wasn't using those for that happy fix. I was using the higher fat, higher salt, you know, higher energy, and or even higher sugar foods. I was more of like a salt fat type girl. Um, And these foods would bring me a form of very temporary comfort and some sense of enjoyment in my life. That is until the backlash of guilt, which would follow soon after. But the idea of giving up the less nutrient-dense foods, shall we say, that I liked, it meant giving up comfort. I feared being alone with my feelings without that distraction of the happy fix. Um, And so when I would think about maybe eating in a more healthful way, it wasn't really just about eating a more healthful diet. It was about what am I giving up? I'm giving up some comfort, some escape, and of course my happy fix. And now as far as exercise, well, I really cannot emphasize how much I disliked exercise. Um, I actually hated the way it felt to move. (laughs) I hated the way it felt to have my heart pump faster and for it to be harder to breathe. And I never felt like the endorphin rush people talk about afterward. I only just felt happy it was over. And then three seconds later, I was like, oh, I got to do it again tomorrow. So even that was short-lived. I didn't even like just moving all that much. I liked sitting. I liked sitting and watching. Um, Anyone who knows me well, knows I am not naturally inclined to go jogging or spend time at the gym. In fact, if any of those people are listening right now, I know you're chuckling. I know. Um, I did for years, uh, used to do aerobics classes, either in person at the gym or recorded at home. And I remember thinking most of the time that like every time they said 10 more, five more, I just, I really just wanted to punch them in the head. Um, exercise was just a punishment to me for being able to eat yummy foods or having gained weight or a way to prevent what I really feared most, which was being fat. That was like the worst thing in the world in my head. Um, I always felt fatigued. And of course, now I can see much of that was likely due to the emotional stress and also not really feeding my body with the nutrients it needed to be able to function well. So silly me. So that's my history with eating and exercise and how much I really did not like the health behaviors. And those. So you can see I was kind of in my own nature, set up for failure in this way, um, needing, quote unquote, that high energy, salty, fatty foods to feel okay emotionally, hating physical activity and really everything about it, but also then dreading becoming fat more than anything else in the world. And so here you can also see my mindset was perfectly primed for, you know, disordered eating and a problem that would go on and on and on indefinitely. So I felt for me, the solution could only be to go on a crash diet that was temporary, but then I somehow assumed that going on a crash diet would bring me lasting results. I don't know why I thought a temporary um, behavior change would bring permanent solutions. I guess I never really thought it through and didn't learn 
from my own lessons in the past. And I also thought that if I had just the right nutrition information, it would solve all my problems. Well, A, nothing about what I'm eating or exercising or weight or image or health is going to solve all my problems. And B, yeah, good luck trying to find the right nutrition information. I didn't even know where to look. Hey, sisters, I have some good news. I want to get to know you better. I want us to support one another in this process, this journey to food freedom. It can be tough if we're doing it alone, so let's not. Why don't you join me in our private online community? I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can just go to Facebook and search for True Food Freedom and Faith. The and is an ampersand. I really look forward to us getting to know one another, so I will see you there. That's kind of my history of how much I hated health behaviors. So how did I get free? How did I break free? How did I find food freedom? How did I get healthier? Well, first of all, let me say, it took decades to come out of this because I didn't have the help. I didn't have any resources. And the only solution I knew of was to completely restrict all of the, quote, bad foods, or whatever I thought those were at the time, and then force feed myself foods that I hadn't developed any enjoyment of yet. And then I would go back to my normal behaviors after, of course, because I couldn't live like that and I really had no intention of always living like that. So I would gain weight, freak out, be ashamed, and then do another crash diet or fad diet and on and on and on it went. So what I know now and what I want you to know now is that the first, the first and most important order of business was to understand the underlying problems of all of this. It was to understand my heart and my mind motives that drove me. This I really could only do as I learned more and more about scripture, which meant reading more and more scripture and hearing really good, solid biblical teachings, understanding the gospel. And as I studied biblical counseling, because that's the field that I'm in, that brought so many invaluable resources to me. So Let's look at a couple of the problems I mentioned a minute ago. One, I mentioned for my personal history, I needed the happy fix of food. I also mentioned having a severe fear of becoming fat. Well, these are clearly hard issues. I can see that now. Um, They're really issues of worshiping and putting my faith in something other than God for comfort, for peace, for everything. That's also called idolatry. And while I know that you turn on a podcast like this and we're talking about, you know, health behaviors and eating behaviors, maybe weight loss and whatnot, and I keep bringing this gospel thing to you and this repentance thing to you, but stick with this, stick with me, because it is the deep truth that we all need. Um, As a Christian myself, I really could no longer pretend that the worldly solutions were going to help me. I mean, they never had before. There was no permanent solution there. I had a deep spiritual problem. And my deep spiritual problem needed to be brought to God. And it needed to be brought to God in confession of the sin. Like I just mentioned, a worship problem and idolatry. I needed to confess that and repent of that. I needed to have the understanding of the gospel, the forgiveness that was there and the cleansing that was there. I needed to understand that it came through faith because Jesus had done the work on the cross. I had to acknowledge the areas where I was trying to comfort myself with food or with 
losing weight and hitting a certain goal. I also had to acknowledge the fears I had about my outward appearance and the priority that I was placing on this. And I know I've talked about this a lot. Um, If you are struggling with these, you know, keep listening to podcasts, go back and listen to previous ones. And I talk a lot about how to maybe get out of that mindset as well and to think of that differently. Now, the critical part of this was that I needed to understand that these were symptoms of the greater, more dominant problem in my heart, that sin of idolatry. I needed then to repent of the sin, meaning I needed to confess it to the Lord and I needed to turn from it. I also had to trust that God was the answer to all of this and that he promised to cleanse me from my sin and forgive me from this idolatry and all of these other pride issues and whatnot. For when my sins are brought to him in repentance and faith, he promises not only forgiveness and not only that cleansing, but again, get this, he promises that his spirit will work in me to help me grow in this area and continue to put off those areas of sin and put on right behaviors. You won't find the solution in programs, in diets, in psychology, in workouts, or anything else. And if you're questioning that statement, think about your own past. If it ever worked, you wouldn't have done the second diet. You wouldn't have had to go to a new gym or a new coach. You wouldn't have had to go back to another psychological counselor or anything else. And so as I grew in my understanding of scripture... I very slowly came to see that the gospel applies not only to salvation, gospel isn't just for that one and done moment, but to the growth and the trials and the life of Christians. I've said this before, and I'm so happy to say it again, and I just want you all to hear this. Never, never be afraid of identifying something as a sin in your own life and in your heart. Don't be afraid of that. It's an amazing gift. Realize that once you've identified a sin, you have the ability to repent. That means to turn from it, to confess it to God, to be sorry for it, to go the other way. Because this is an incredible gift. It's not condemnation. It's not punishment. It's not mean. It's a wonderful gift to be able to kind of offload that, offload that at the foot of the cross. And remember this. Once you have confessed your sin and you've received forgiveness by faith, you cannot pick up the guilt for that sin again. You're not allowed to. You must leave it at the foot of the cross because the payment has already been made by Christ. It doesn't belong to you anymore. Crazy. It's the wonderful gospel. There's truly no other life-changing and heart-changing remedy for these deep issues that end up in the symptoms of disordered eating, in obsession about dieting and controlling your food and controlling your weight and your image and what other people think of you. Those are all really at the root spiritual problems. And the solution is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, as I started to learn that God was really, truly there and started believing that his word was really true and I could trust it and I needed to trust it, Well, I couldn't deny that I was trying to use all these different substitutes for God's help, for God's comfort, for growth in the Lord. Really, again, I was worshiping something other than God. Honestly, I confess that my mindset was so wrapped up in me and all things me 
that I really have very little mental energy or interest, quite frankly, in God and living for Him. I hadn't yet really received that full, deep knowledge of the gospel, so therefore I wasn't really being changed in these areas of life yet. And I mean, this will take a lifetime to grasp it all. I still don't understand the fullness of the gospel and have it applied fully to my life yet. But okay, so that was the first and primary area that needed to be worked on in me. The Lord worked on that in me, that foundational root issue of what was causing the problems. And then second, or really during the same time, much less important and to a much smaller degree, but nevertheless, I needed to learn what was physically happening in my body. So I'd fallen for so many fad diets because, I mean, if it was out there, I was trying it, you know, and so much inaccurate information. But I knew that God created our bodies in a purposeful, organized fashion because that's how he has moved throughout creation. We've seen that. That's why we can discover things in science and in his creation. And I knew that if I took the time and put in the effort, I could learn about it in depth. I could find out what was true about the human body and how nutrition related to it. So I went back to school to learn everything I could. And I went through that whole grueling process of becoming a registered dietitian nutritionist. Not really kidding. Quite a grueling process. But so I was all set then, right? Well, no, no, not really. Because at first, and this will just show you still just the hold that that mindset had on me, that at first going through all my undergrad courses and learning all the finely accurate information about nutrition and physiology and all of that, um, what that information did was it just caused me to become more regimented and maybe more efficient in restricting my eating and exercising practices. This time I had true health information, so I was finally able to do what I had always wanted, get thin. And I got very thin. And this was while I was in the biblical counseling arena, and I had been learning really wonderful information, but I just I hadn't quite gotten that I had a heart and mind problem. I hadn't gotten that that hadn't changed in me, and therefore, if I didn't get that right with the Lord, it was going to keep pulling me back into problematic behaviors. It, my motives hadn't changed in that area because I hadn't recognized my motives as sinful and received help for that. It was always going to have that problem with disordered eating practices one way or another because the heart root problem was still there. And I hadn't yet recognized that my motives were problematic or that I had deep heart issues that needed Christ's help. I simply thought, like most women, that I just needed to lose weight and be thin, and now I found out how. So after meeting and even exceeding my weight loss goals, I even kept my weight off and at that place for several years. But at some point, I really, I had to come to terms with the fact that I knew I was not going to continue doing what I needed to do to stay in that place. I had been living very restrictive, regimented in my eating and my exercising, counting calories every day, eating low calorie, bulky foods. It was a self-imposed prison because really I just wanted pizza. 
I would just randomly say the word pizza out of nowhere. Um, It was it was very strange, and I thought that that was just how I was going to have to live forever. And I would have had to live that way forever if I wanted to stay at a weight that wasn't natural for me. And I realized I just was not going to do that. I'm I'm too old for this. I'm not I'm not going to live like this anymore. And that was actually very helpful for me. But yet it was a huge, huge struggle for me. Was I willing to give up this all-consuming goal that I've always had to have instead true peace and true freedom, actually living a life that wasn't obsessed with this? Now that I could see it was really an overarching obsession, could I really stop placing value on myself based on the number on the scale? So this was not a quick or easy path for me. Unfortunately, I really I couldn't find any resources or really specific help that I needed. So it took a while to see, A, what was wrong clearly, and then B, the path out of that clearly. But as I trusted God and his word and prayed for his freedom from this bondage, hearing wonderful biblical teachings, he really, truly has done the most amazing work in my heart and in my life. This combination of biblical application, which is of primary importance, and then secondarily, the true nutrition science, obviously the former is exponentially more important, trust me, I was slowly able to break free from this enslavement that I had always lived in. The science helped me to push aside many of the unfounded restrictive rules and the food beliefs I had, and it helped with the behavior part of the food freedom. But the real work the stuff that did the true change and is still doing that true deep change within was and is the sanctification process, that that walk with Christ and you grow in Christ-likeness over time that I described earlier. There is no substitute, not diets, not rules, not psychology, not even true evidence-based nutrition information. For a Christian, the work must start here or there'll never really be lasting food freedom. So then after all of this became a part of my thinking and understanding, well, during the journey as well, I was in a better condition to start then applying the true nutrition information without obsession, usually, and with reframed thinking motives, again, usually, with the true health information and with experience, I was able to find... Um, or I should say I was now freed up to find physical activity that I could enjoy and I didn't feel horrible doing. It didn't feel yucky in my body. I stopped listening to what other people were doing and I found what worked for me. I now find that I actually feel off if I miss the physical activity. I, I feel off mentally and physically and it's something that I've come to I don't know if I'll say look forward to. I'm just not that person. I don't love. But I have found something that works for me that I can do and I can find enjoyment as I do it in maybe something I'm doing alongside of it or the health benefits of it or the mental clarity. And also with the true health information, I was also free now to experiment with nutritious foods. And as I've mentioned before in previous podcasts, I was now free to allow my taste to adapt so that I now truly, truly love many of the nutritious foods I once despised. 
And I don't desire a lot of the foods I used to crave all the time. Because you know what? If I want a piece of pizza, I can have a piece of pizza. And it doesn't become this big temptation for me that I can never have, which makes it a far bigger temptation. Hey friends, if you're looking to rev up your metabolism this year, then don't miss the Rev Up Your Metabolism free resource, which is available only in the January 2022 newsletter. So go to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com and sign up for the newsletter where you'll get this resource and all the other freebies throughout the year. Again, get your Rev Up Your Metabolism free resource when you sign up for the monthly newsletters. Link in the show notes. I don't want to leave you with the impression that I'm completely free from all faulty thoughts or motives or triggers. That is so far from the truth. I am regularly challenged to come back to what I know to be true. And I'm challenged to continue on in this process of sanctification in all areas. I'm always having to look at my own heart and my motives and repent of sin and trust in Christ for fulfillment it's a particular area of challenge for me in the disordered eating mindset because I was that way for decades and decades. It doesn't just go away very quickly. Understand, I just have decades of these lies in my head and self-imposed pressures stuffed into my brain. So it doesn't go away quietly. It fights for space in my brain still. It loves to rear its ugly head in different circumstances. And I keep stepping into challenges for myself that would make this a little more difficult. But I guess that's good because it causes me to be forced to grow in these areas. The difference is that I now have the effective tools to fight my ingrained patterns of thinking and behaviors. I am completely, by the grace of God, a very different person. My mindset has changed so much beyond anything I could have even hoped for. Truly, I can't believe it sometimes. I really never thought there was another way to live. And once I truly saw the whole problem for what it was, I really, I despaired of ever changing. I couldn't see how that could change. But now I have been set free. And sometimes I want to, you know, go back to Egypt, so to speak, at times. Um, But that is the walk of sanctification. Sometimes I'm drawn back to my former enslaving mindset. But with the help of the Holy Spirit and scripture, I can resist that and I can choose a far better way. So all this to say, you are absolutely not alone. If you are somebody who just can't stand the thought of dieting behaviors and healthy steamed vegetables all the time and doing workouts and having to go to the gym, eh, don't. I am with you. I don't like it either. I still don't like that, and I don't do that. But you are not alone in this journey. I know where you are. I've been where you are. I can creep back there sometimes. And we need one another. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4 say, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. So we're here for one another. So what I have learned in the comfort and help of the gospel, I want to share with you. 
And in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, we're told that no temptation's overtaken you that is not common to man. We're in this together. We're all in some form of temptation. But God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. We're here together. Let's walk through this together honestly, humbly, openly, and with encouragement. If I have been able to walk this journey with the help of the Lord, then you can too because he's your God. This is not an empty promise or placing an assumption on God to make all your dreams come true, but we're dealing with a deep heart motive. We're dealing with emotional issues here, and these all fall under the realm of God's care. So we know that he will be faithful to help with these. The walk toward Christlikeness includes all heart issues. So we can be very certain that he will help us become more like Christ, even in these areas. That is so exciting. So if you're like me, I have a couple ways to help you. One, of course, if you desire, you know, one-on-one private online counseling and coaching through this for your health and your eating-related goals, of course, you can schedule a free consultation with me at truefoodfreedomandfaith.com. Just click on the free consultation tab. Um, all the links will be in the show notes. But the other thing I have, which I'm very excited about, is we now have our very own private online community where you can be with like-minded women who are also going through this process. We all need the encouragement and counsel of one another. And I know I certainly love to get to know you all. I really, really do. The link is in the show notes as well. Or you can search for the Facebook group called True Food Freedom and Faith. And the and is an ampersand. I know I keep going back and forth between the website and that. I got to figure that out. But the Facebook group is True Food, Freedom, and Faith, using an ampersand. You can join that way, or again, just use the links in the show notes. Um, I'm also, I'm so excited because this year I'm working really hard to develop some very exciting resources over the coming months, so stay tuned. I'll share those when they're ready to be shared, but I think they'll be very comprehensive and helpful. So if you are one of those who, like me, just are not a natural health nut. You don't like to eat healthier foods or incorporate physical activity into your lives. Don't lose hope. It's very likely that you've just been introduced to both of these topics in a very uncomfortable, unnatural way. But if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, there's absolutely hope for you in the area of food freedom because it's freedom from enslavement. We are not to be enslaved by anything. We're not to be mastered by anything. So we can get help even in the area of our eating and our food and our obsession with that. You don't have to stay enslaved in behaviors that are causing you despair. That is not freedom in Christ. So until next time, my girlfriends, my sisters, my friends, remember 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen, and I will see you soon.